Okay, not gonna make this long, just gonna make this brief. Arch Manning commits to Texas. What does it mean for the college football world? I think I'm gonna write an article about that for Monday, but in the meantime, I'll tell you, not a lot. Until Texas becomes relevant, it doesn't mean a lot. Had he committed to Alabama, I could break down all the different scenarios of how he'd play for a national championship under Nick Saban. Same with Georgia and Kirby Smart. I could break that down too, but I don't know what I'm breaking down with Texas. I know he loves Sark. I know he loves Austin. I know he loves his teammate who also committed there. Uh, and the opportunity. You know, Quinn Ewers is next year's starter. Next season, 2022, probably 2023, then gone. Um, and then Arch will take over in 2024. It, it impacts the Big 12. It impacts the SEC because they're moving to the SEC uh, 2025, less earlier. Um, not sure what the conferences are going to be, the pods and all that stuff. We know they're probably going to play Oklahoma in some way, shape, or form. They're not going to kill that rivalry, at least I hope. Could play Texas A&M. That would be nice. But we'll see what the SEC has in store when Oklahoma and Texas move there. So it impacts the SEC because George is looking for a quarterback now. They'll be fine. I'm not worried about them whatsoever. They'll get a five-star, probably 2024 kid. Um, Alabama's got Eli Holstein. They'll be fine. I'm not worried about those two. Texas wouldn't be fine if they didn't get Arch Manning. That would be a, a big blow to Sark. Um, so the fact that he did choose them helps Texas more than I think it would Alabama and Georgia. Um, it's going to affect Oklahoma, obviously, the Big 12. Um, it's going to affect the other teams in the Big 12, TCU, Oklahoma State. Um, you know, there's some good programs there, Baylor, uh, that may be impacted the one year that he's the starter, unless he comes in in 2023 as a true freshman, wins the job viewers transfers or something happens, gets injured, um, but it won't affect the Big 12 that much. It'll affect the Big 10, oddly enough, because they play Michigan and then they play Ohio State, 2024 Michigan, 2025 Ohio State. So those are early games too on the schedule. So that's going to affect uh, somebody's national championship opportunities. I don't expect them to beat Ohio State. Again, that's a long way away. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll be great by then. Don't know. Don't expect them to beat Michigan. Maybe they will. Don't know. Right now, this football team that lost to Kansas last season, it's hard to project to beat anybody that's any good. But this is important. Quinn Ewers transferring back to Texas is important. Arch Manning, a Louisiana prospect, committing this early in June is important. Other players are going to follow. Other offensive linemen. Uh, you know, the last year's O-line class was tremendous. They'll have another good one this year because of Arch Manning. Wide receivers, running backs, even defensive players will take a look at this and be impacted. I have a backdrop by by now, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, but it's not filled with anything yet. Um, but the landscape of college football hasn't changed a bit. I don't think he's this generational talent. I don't think he's this guy that is going to come in in his first two years and change the entire landscape of college football. He's not Trevor Lawrence. And Clemson was already good when Trevor Lawrence came in as a freshman, won the national title. Um, he's not Tim Tebow. He's not a program changer from a locker room standpoint, a leadership standpoint. Um, he's going to have to live up to a whole lot of expectations with the last name Manning. He's going to have to play better than I've seen him play. He's very, very good. Don't get me wrong. I've got him as the number two player in this class. Uh, Malachi Nelson is my number one guy. 
but I think the expectations are so high for him that it's going to be difficult for both he and Quinn Ewers because if Ewers struggles at any point in 2024, fans are going to start chanting. You know, we saw at Oklahoma last year when Rattler was, was struggling, they chanted for Caleb Williams. Then when Caleb Williams struggled in one game, they chanted for Rattler. Uh, that's just fans. That's the way they are. At Texas, they're going to chant for the guy who's not playing because they've now they've got two big superstars and two, uh, you know, highly hyped quarterbacks on their roster. But again, this was needed for Sark. I think, honestly, Alabama and Georgia didn't need this headache. And not that the kid's a bad kid, but the headache of, of, of the Manning legacy and that attention that's going to come with them. They didn't need it. Sark needed it. Sark was under fire last year in his first season already. First season. And, and you know, some people wanted him out. He needs that pomp and circumstance. He needs that attention to Texas. He needs people to care about Texas. Yes, they'll care about it with Quinn Ewers. Yes, they'll care about it with Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson. But they'll care about it even more with Arch Manning. Now they got to hold on to him. Uh, the Mannings have been known to decommit once. Eli with uh, San Diego course and, and Peyton wasn't supposed to way 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 back wasn't originally supposed to go to Tennessee but that that wasn't a decommitment situation and I don't think they're going to decommit I don't think they'll be you know changing their mind here uh, unless Sark gets in trouble unless Alabama blasts him unless Oklahoma blasts him and he's midway through the season and he's on the hot seat again then there might be some thoughts of change but right now uh, he's going to be huge for this recruiting class other news you know we talked about I talked about Ruben Owens on an earlier podcast going to Louisville. That's amazing for them. Um, I won't talk about that again because you probably already saw that other one. If you didn't, it's great. He's arguably got the best nickname, by the way, in this class, the Black Unicorn. He is a great, phenomenal talent. Um, he's from Texas. Going to Louisville sends a message to everybody else. And Pierce Clarkson, the quarterback, had a lot to do with this. He's a tremendous recruiter. But I want to talk about Ohio State. I want to talk about Ryan Day and what he does. It's ridiculous. And I talked about this a little bit, but I want to continue to, to press forward and say Ohio State's winning a national championship under Ryan Day. There's no doubt in my mind, it may not be 2022. I've got them as the second best team to Alabama. But in 2023, 2024, 2025, could be under Kyle McCord, could be under someone else. Uh, they're going to win a national title. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, and in fact, I'm coming out with a list of guys, teams, programs that haven't won a national title in a while that are going to get back to winning it. And Ohio State is certainly right in that mix. And, and when you think about it off the top of your head, you're like, oh, what other teams should be on there? You know, USC, of course, with Lincoln Riley now changing the entire culture there. Um, they haven't won since Pete Carroll. Who else, though? Who else hasn't won a national championship in a long time? Notre Dame? Nope. I do not have them winning a national championship under Marcus Freeman. I don't have them winning a national championship anytime soon. Schedule's a gauntlet, academic restrictions, all that good stuff. They can get to the title game as they did under Brian Kelly and get waxed. They can get the playoff and get waxed. Getting over that hump is going to be very difficult for them. So who else? Tennessee? No. I'm sorry, Tennessee fans. Miami? Oh, that's one. There's another one right there. Miami. Is Texas in there? No, I haven't decided yet. But I do believe that out of those programs, Florida, Florida State, Miami, Miami has the best chance 
to win a national championship with Mario Cristobal and the way he recruits. You're just going to see, you'll watch and see that he's going to bring more talent there than they've had in a very, very long time. Um, you know, and when you think of other programs that haven't won it in a while, geez, Florida is one of them. Urban Meyer has been gone for a long time. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Texas, Mac Brown's been gone for a long time. Um, you know, but others, Alabama's won it recently. Georgia's won it recently. They'll both win it again soon in the next couple of years, probably. Clemson, not sure they'll get back. Dabo's got to sort of adjust to the transfer portal a little bit better um, and, and, and roll with the times of NIL a little bit better. Um, LSU, maybe. I mean, Brian Kelly's got it set up. It's the, it's the easiest recruiting job in all of college football when you're talking about the Power Five team. They're the only team in town in the great state of Louisiana, which has a ton of talent, and they border Texas, which has a ton of talent, and they can recruit into the Southeast because it's a couple states away from greatness. Um, not really a problem there, so they can get back also. Um, other teams that have no chance of ever getting back, Colorado, Georgia Tech, remember when they split a title? That's never going to happen again. Nebraska, that's not going to happen either. Um, so look for that. I'm coming out with that hopefully next week. I'm going to do an Arch Manning, you know, impact thing, how this impacts Sark, how this impacts Quinn, how this impacts everybody else. Um, also, if, if you're – a lot of people don't see these yet. I don't have a lot of YouTube followers. I don't have a lot of listeners yet because I'm new to the podcast world. But if you haven't seen what we're doing, myself and Dave Schumann, when it comes to promoting um, under-the-radar kids or younger recruits, check it out. Uh, just follow my Twitter feed, M Farrell Sports, uh, and you'll see it pop up continually. Uh, it's not free. Nothing in this world is free. Sorry. It's the way life works. But it is an opportunity for kids to get exposed to over a million followers and every college coach in the world. Because even if they say they don't follow me, somebody they know does. And it's not, that's not being arrogant. That's just the way it is. I say stuff that ticks people off or they're very happy about it doesn't matter. It could be the same coach in a week. I could get a text from a coach that says, thank you. Thank you for that article. It was great. A week later, what are you doing? Why'd you write that? That sucks. You suck. It's called polarizing folks. So that's really it. Just a quick Arch Manning, you know, impact on college football, which is nothing. Alabama is still going to be great. Georgia's still going to be great. Texas may or may not be great. Not really that exciting, is it? But for those people that are saying this is an impactful commitment, it certainly is, but not to the landscape of college football. It's impactful to Texas. It's impactful to Steve Sarkeesian and that roster. And that's it. Until Texas shows me that they can play on a national stage and be back. Remember? They're back. Sam Ellinger, remember? Remember when they beat Notre Dame a few seasons ago in the early game? Joe Tessitore, they're back. They're not. And they're a ways away from it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.